ready to take a ride, grab your coffee, and strap yourself in. If you listen, you can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening, you're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. Good morning, Brother John. How are you doing? Good and good evening to you. Everybody, welcome aboard. That was Sister Indira Prasad and Brother Gary Stafford. Powerful testimony there. Folks, we're continuing the marathon uh, that we start every day, Monday through Friday, at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 Eastern. Yes, that's right, until we finish. So uh, with that, we're going to get started with our next show. We've got Pastor John Terrell in the house from EAEC.org. Brother John, welcome back. How are you doing since last week? Uh, I'm doing well, so I can't complain. All right. You want to open us in prayer, and then the mic is yours. My Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for your Holy Spirit. And today, as I'm going to be talking about the guidance for a believer in Christ, I pray right now, Father God, that you will minister to me, give me insight, revelations, understanding, and as I speak these words, I pray, Father God, that also the people listening to me will also understand here. And as Father God, we will have some victories here today in people's lives. And this I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to continue on our teaching on guidance for a Christian. I'm working out of a book that I wrote a number of years ago called The Christian Dynamics, course number four. And uh, I'm going to begin talking today about guidance of a believer in Christ. Now, a believer in Christ is indwelt by the Holy Spirit and guiding with, by him. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 and 18, we read this. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of by the Spirit... You are not under the law. So, let, let's settle a couple of things here. You and I cannot see into the future. Uh, there are some people, they say they call themselves, you know, um, they are actually witches or fortune tellers, and they think they can foretell the future. What they have is a bunch of demons that are working with them and they are cooking up different things that might not necessarily be true because Satan does not know the future himself. He knows the future as far as the Bible is concerned. He knows what God has said, but he cannot foretell, he cannot move in time and neither can fallen angels or evil spirits. Since that is true, it will be when I have to make decisions. Let's say, for example, 
I'm going to buy a car. And uh, I'm going to buy a used car. In the flesh, I can look at the car. I can go to a car lot. Uh, I can sit in a car. I can test it out. And I can drive it and so on. But I don't have the knowledge if there are internal problems, if there's been some damages, if uh, the engine is worn on the inside and so on. Um, I cannot tell that. So I have to simply make a decision upon what I see outside. And I make a decision as well, I'm going to buy this car, but not that car because it has certain values what I can see. But I'm really blind because it will determine later, maybe one year or two years later, and there's a major problem with a car. And so now I found out, well, that was not a good buy. I should not have bought this car, but I did not know. Here's a good news. The Holy Spirit will tell you what the future will be if you ask him in the name of Jesus. This is available to every believer in Christ. But most believers in Christ are idiots. They simply rely upon the five senses and they make decisions upon the five senses and experience of the past. Well, that's how the world lives and they're not doing too well. That's why people in the world goes to find witches. This is why King Saul, when the battle was going really bad, he was just about wiped out, and he wanted to have guidance. He couldn't get Samuel, the prophet, because he was dead. And so he simply said, well, I'll need to know. So he went to the witch at Andor and asked her, please get Samuel up from the dead. I want to talk to him. Well, at that time, Samuel did come up because God was done with Saul. But all Samuel told Saul was this, tomorrow, (laughs) you and your sons are going to be dead. Good night, Saul. And then Samuel went back to paradise. So that was bad news. Saul fell down. He wouldn't move. They finally got him up, get some food in him. And the next day he went to battle, and of course he was killed, and so were his sons. So it is, now we have intelligence services. You have the CIA, uh, you got the FBI, you got the uh, um, FSB in the Soviet Union, you got the Mossad in Israel, and all intelligence services are trying to find out what's going to happen in the future. They are spying to see what has been done, what's being prepared and so on, so they can predict, they can tell their leaders 
this is what the enemy is doing and most likely we will have an attack here and there. So intelligence information is extremely important. So as a Christian, you are listening to my voice, you're born again, and you got the Holy Spirit living in you, and you are privileged to the finest intelligence possible from the Holy Spirit. And you can simply say, I like to use that. Now, I, you can use it. You don't have to say, well, there got to be big things. You know, should I buy this house? Or should I not buy this house? Um, should I invest this money and so on? The Holy Spirit likes to guide you in small details. What should you eat for breakfast? Um, should I call this person or should I do this first? What should I do first? Small details. And so I have learned, I, I would call it micromanagement by the Holy Spirit. Micromanagement by the Holy Spirit. And I'm simply asking him, uh, this is scheduled for today. Uh, should I do this or that first? Or how should I go about it? And he will give you the answer. Let me try to share with you an experience that I had. It's just one experience. In 1967, I got a call from God to go into full-time ministry. It was a very strong call. Um, I heard a message from a man in Sweden that was uh, witnessing in the restaurant. He had just been saved. He was a famous uh, singer. And as I sat and listened to that testimony, I heard a voice inside of me saying, I'm calling you into this type of ministry. I'm calling you full-time. It was extremely strong, and I was having lunch with my wife as we were listening to this recording, and um, I didn't like to show her that I got crying, so I just excused myself, got into the bathroom, turned, flushed the toilet, turned on water in the bathtub so it would be noisy, and then I just stood in there and cried. So... Eventually, I got myself together, and I realized, okay, God has spoken to me. I am to be full-time in the ministry. So, I was had an engineering degree, uh, mechanical engineering. I, I had uh, no, really, uh, teaching or education in Bible or theological teachings. So... I realized as time went, I talked to my pastor and so on. And he told me, he said, well, I would suggest this, that you uh, quit your job and uh, go to a seminary. And uh, simply spend the next two, three years there and uh, uh, learn the ropes, what it is to be in, in a ministry. So I realized 
uh, this is good advice. I needed to do that. Being a Southern Baptist, I want to stay within the Southern Baptist Convention. And I talked about pastor and says, well, there are six seminaries uh, that the Southern Baptists have spent out in different places. She says, I, I really would like for you to go to New Orleans. See, that, that's the seminary, that's the Southern Baptist Seminary I went to. And I would like you to go where I went. My wife said, no, I, I don't want to go to New Orleans. So now, having six seminaries, one we wouldn't want to go to, the question comes now, which one should I go to? I mean, they were spread out from uh, Texas. They were spread out from uh, in the south all the way to California. So I prayed. I said, God, in the name of Jesus, I don't know which seminar to go to. I need you to tell me which one should I go to. A very strong voice that I heard, not, uh, not audible in my outside ears, but inside of me said, simply spoke to me a, a few sentences and said this, put in an application to every seminary, I will open a door to one, and that's the one I want you to go to. Now, uh, this is really what I heard. So, I told my wife, well, um, God wants me to send in six applications. So, I wrote, this is now before the internet. This is uh, back in 1967. We did not even know there was an internet. Uh, there was no smartphones or cell phones. Uh, there were no computers that we had. So um, the way you did business was either on the telephone or through the mail. So I contacted, I wrote to each seminary and said, please send me an application. And that took time. So eventually I got <clears throat> six applications. And I sat down and I began to fill them out, put my picture in and so on, the complete applications. And then I mailed them off. Now, this, this was a period of maybe three to four months that this took place. So inside of me, I knew this. I will be turned down by five, one, will say yes. And sure enough, here come the answers back from different seminaries. Uh, no, we will not accept you because you got no liberal arts uh, classes. You're an engineer. Uh, we will not accept you. And one said no, two, three, four, five said no. And then the last one that came in, said yes, which was the Golden Gate Baptist Theological Seminary in Mill Valley, California.
Now, at that time, we lived in Salt Lake City, Utah. And um, I had never been to California at that time. So I, I didn't know anyone down here. I didn't know. I know San Francisco was there someplace, and Mill Valley was a city north of it. So we got the answer, and I realized now God did speak. He did exactly what he told me he was going to do. So I simply told Ina, this is where we're going to go. And then I started making preparation. Um, I uh, gave notice to my job <clears throat> that um, I was going to quit. And um, I was going into the ministry. And my immediate boss, not, not immediate, but the uh, section boss in the engineering section I was wor working, he called me in and he said, John, he said, you might getting a mistake. Uh, you're very good with the job you're doing here. We are very pleased with you. Uh, you can make a career out of this. And uh, matter of fact, if you make a decision to, to change your mind and stay, I will give you 10% raise right now. Right now, 10%. So he was a pretty nice guy. He was not a Mormon. And uh, he was an elderly man. So I, I thanked him. I said, well, I really appreciate you think that highly of me. But I said, you know, God really has a call on me, and I have to go. So... So now, <clears throat> being in the will of God, so I really want to understand this now. Here we are. I was about 25, no, I was about 27 years old, 27 years old. And my wife was 28. We were young people, and uh, my wife didn't speak English that well. She was working to learn that. And so we were immigrants and on top of it. And uh, so we obediently, we got rid of all, most of our stuff. Uh, we gave away, we had a piano, we gave it away and so on. And we only kept a few things because we knew we had been told that we were going to get a studio apartment that was already furnished. So we knew that we couldn't, you know, take a lot of stuff with us. So we simply gave it away and, and so on and kept things that we knew that we could have like china and so on and clothing so the holy spirit then spoke to me and simply said this i want you to leave on a sunday we have rented a u-haul uh, truck and uh, we got a 1966 Ford Custom 500. So my wife was going to drive that car, and I was going to drive the U-Haul truck with a few belongings that we had. It was not a big U-Haul truck. And uh, she was apprehensive because she has never driven this uh, two-day drive from Salt Lake City to uh, Mill Valley. So we prayed about it, and uh, the, like I said, the Holy Spirit said, I, I want you to leave on a Sunday and uh, go to church uh, last time. We loved our church. It was on the Southern Baptist Church in Salt Lake City. 
And so um, we did exactly what the Holy Spirit told us to do. And uh, so we slept. I don't know where we slept the last night with some friends or whatever, but I drove the U-Haul truck to church, and I drove my the, the, the car. And so we were the last service now in our church where we had been for about four or five years. And suddenly, as the service started, a woman walked in, probably about 50, 55 years old. We had never seen her before. And uh, our congregation was small. It was about maybe 45, 50 people. So a stranger come in, you know, we noticed her right away. So the pastor had this, uh, this is how we did things. He would simply, if he had a visitor, he would ask them, uh, sometime during the service, he would, they would stand up and uh, tell us their name and where they were from and uh, what I had come to church. So he did that. So this woman stood up and she said, I am from Norway. That's next door to Sweden where we came from. I am a missionary to Africa. And I am on furlough. In other words, she was on time off. They have furlough, vacation time, so to say, recreation. And uh, I'm traveling across the United States. I started in New York. I'm going to San Francisco. And I'm riding the Greyhound bus. As I heard that, the Holy Spirit said, offer that woman to ride down with your wife. Don't use a bus. So after the service, we walked up to the woman and introduced ourselves and said, we're very happy to see you and so on. I said, By the way, I said, we are leaving right after the service to go to Mill Valley, which is uh, just half an hour north of San Francisco. We would like to invite you to ride with my wife. So instead of riding a bus, you can ride a car through Nevada and the part of California until we get to our location. And she graciously said yes. So we went to a hotel she was staying at, and we asked her this, how did you find us? Because there was about maybe 25 non-Mormon churches in Salt Lake City. And she said, well, I didn't know where to go to church. So I opened up the phone book. This is a day where we had yellow pages. You younger people don't know what a yellow page is. But yellow pages were advertisements where we advertised for churches. They advertised for cars, for business, so on. So everyone was in the yellow pages. So we had an ad in the yellow pages for the church. And she said, I just looked down there, 10, 15 people, uh, 10, 10 to 15 churches, uh, Central Baptist Church stood out, and I decided this is where I'm going to go. So I realized, well, God, you know, really is looking after us. This is nice because I was very comprehensive to drive for two days by herself, 
and me in the front, and uh, she was not quite that secure. So we got going. We stopped someplace in Nevada. Uh, we drove maybe for 10 hours or so, stopped in, in a motel someplace and got in the car the next day, and we continued to drive. So we got down to the seminary, and uh, I parked the van, and then we took the lady into uh, the missionary into San Francisco. It was a hotel she was going to go to. We never heard from her again. And I am not sure, because I and I talked about it, I'm not sure if that really was a missionary from Norway. I thought it was most likely an angel that Jesus sent to make sure that my wife would be comfortable, have someone to talk to, and uh, she had never done long-distance driving by herself before. So, I realized then that we were totally in the will of God. And from that day on, we were three and a half years in the seminary, and I'm not going to go through a lot of different details here, but I can tell you that when it came to, I had to get a part-time job um, and doing a number of different things, selecting classes and so on, and also being able to go out and um, uh, do some preaching. Uh, matter of fact, I was on the evangelistic team. I was leading the evangelistic team for about a year and a half. I can say this, that it was a total, absolute, 100% guidance. And so my wife, Ina, and I, we, we simply said, well, we're going to pray for everything. We're going to pray, uh, should we go shopping today or should we go shopping tomorrow? Uh, we prayed about just about everything because we realized if I pray, I will get guidance. And it works. I mean, it's marvelous. Uh, there's no, there's no mistakes. You get exactly what you want, and it is absolutely flabbergasting. So, I had lost a job. I had a little cleaning service, and um, we were overseas. And I had a friend of mine. I said, "Can you service my accounts when I'm overseas?" I had about ten, fifteen accounts. He said, "Sure." So we got back, and the man had stolen every one of my accounts except one. And uh, so I asked him, you know, he was a seminar student. I said, what, what do you do? He says, well, we don't know if you're going to come back or not. And these people needed help, so I just decided I'm going to make them permanent, my customers. So I prayed. I said, God, God I got one customer left. What do I do? It wouldn't take, I would say, probably within a day or two days, I had a student come up to me, a friend of mine, and said, go to the bulletin board. There is a civil engineer asking for help in his office. He's hiring. He said, that's up, your alley. That's what you did. So I walked over to the bulletin board, and sure enough, got the name and address, and I called him up. He said, come on over. So I got over. He had his office in Middle Valley City himself. 
And uh, I showed him what I've done and so on. And he says, well, you're just the, just the person I'm looking for. So I'm going to hire you. Now, here's a deal I'm going to do. I know you go to seminary, you have classes and so on. He said, you go to class and you come into the office, work. If you need to go back to class, you do that. Keep track of the hours. And he said, I'll make it very flexible for you. And that way you can finish up your seminary studies. At the same time, you can work here for me. I get some help. At the same time, you get some money. He said, now how much would you want to have? So I says, well, now this is back in 1969. I said, when I worked and was doing house cleaning, I got, uh, I took, I charged $5 an hour for cleaning and $7 when I cleaned windows. That was big money back in 1969. So he says, okay, I'll match that. So we'll just give it the same salary. So that was another thing that, I mean, it was just flabbergasting how well. I became a good friend of this guy and worked in the office, and I was there for about a year and a half, and uh, then it was time to graduate. And uh, so I told him, um, uh, I said, I'm not going to be in tomorrow morning because I'm graduating, so my family. But, but what little family I had here are going to be there and so on, but I'll be in the afternoon. So I graduated in the afternoon. I drove back to this place where I worked, engineering office. And he said, well, I got bad news for you, John. Uh, you just lost your job. I said, what? He says, I have to close this office. I'm, I'm out of business. They put a moratorium on new buildings in this county, and I just lost all my business. I'm closing down. Now, was that a coincidence? As soon as I graduated, I lost my job on the side. Because God had told me, once you get in the ministry, I don't want you to hold the job outside. Except what I had because I had to work when I was a seminar. But once I was finished, no more outside jobs. So I lost it. and But that's when we started to go on crusades and so on, and we went over to Europe. So what I'm trying to get across to you is simple this. God will guide you from the smallest detail should I go shopping today? Who should I call today? What should I do? There's certain things that are routine in your life, but when you have to make a decision and you're going to go someplace, you can ask the Holy Spirit, should I drive this time or should I wait to a different time? There's been times, my friend, when I've been driving to some place and suddenly I hear the Holy Spirit says, turn right. As, and I said, what for? Turn right. So I turn right, go out of my way, make a detour. And I found out I just missed an accident. It was a huge accident. 
I would have been riding it and would have been smashed up. And the Holy Spirit simply said, no, we're not going to have you there. I'm going to reroute you. If you only understood how fantastic the Holy Spirit is. He loves you just like Jesus loves you. And he wants the very best for you. So, I want you to you understand us. I want you to get hungry. I want to have guidance. And I can sit here for two days and tell you about guidance. Just one example. I did my biography. It took me about four or five years to write it. And uh, then uh, I simply said, okay, uh, we're not going to do it in the ministry because we're so busy that we would never be done to have to go outside. So I said, you know, where, where in the world do I get the money for this? Well, a person came up to me and said, I want to finance your biography. I would loan you the money for the fight. I want you to publish that. Well, that was about $40,000. So, but now I have walked so many years, so I was thankful, but I was not surprised. I'm thankful, but I'm not surprised because I know how God works. So I said, now, Lord, who do I contact? I really want you to say that. I, I got the book written. I got the manuscript. I need it now. So I need a publisher um, because I need to have it edited and, and so on. And um, so I just prayed and said, God, who do I contact? And the Holy Spirit said, no Skog Publishing House. Remember the guy that you met in 1990? Hmm. He's from Norway. He's actually, he's born here, but his family from Norway. So he's a Scandinavian. So he lives in Los Angeles. So I said, no, I haven't talked to him for... 20 years does he remember me so I uh, looked up his I called him on the phone and uh, his first name is Jerry I said uh, hello Jerry this is John Terrell do you remember me oh yeah you're the guy with the Dove magazine I said that's right I said um, I just written my biography and uh, about 450 pages and uh, I need a publisher. I said, uh, I'm not going to ask you to do it for free uh, because you got to make a living. But uh, would you would you consider helping me with this project? He said, absolutely. So for the next eight months, he had an fantastic editor and uh, she was not only editor she wanted to do layout and everything else and so they finished the book we did proofread when we got the final manuscript and so on 
and uh, Jerry had a printing company up in Minnesota that he was using. And so in about a year, I was sitting on 1,500 books, hardbound, beautiful books, uh, color pictures in them, everything else. I mean, it's a first-class job. How in the world was that done? The Holy Spirit didn't tell me, go on the go online, find out publishing houses, and simply ask, you know, who, who can do this or that. I had started out contacting you before I uh, talked to Jerry. I, I, I had someone I knew that was, was a Christian that we had worked with, and um, I asked this lady if, if she would uh, if she would uh, edit the book for me. And she wrote back a very nasty letter and said, absolutely not. I don't like your theology, your anti-Semitic and all that kind of stuff, so I'm not going to touch it. So, it was an absolute miracle, and God loved me step by step. And that's what he wants to do for you. So, you need to simply say, okay, this is the situation I'm in. Let's say that you don't have a job. Uh, let's say that you have a problem with the finances. Well, just say, God... How do I get out of this hole? And if you really honestly ask the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, he will tell you step by step who to contact, what to do, when to do it, and why you should do it. All right. Let me now go back to my text here. And simply say this to you. I got a sketch here about the soul brain and the spirit of man, the body, soul, and so on. So the physical brain is guided actually by the soul brain. So and then you have the spirit. So what you want to do is, you want to operate with your spirit, not your soul mind. You want to operate with your spirit, not your soul mind. How do you do that? You do that through prayer. You say, Holy Spirit, Speak to my spirit and give me divine revelation. And you will get that. And then your spirit will then instruct your soul brain what to do. And then your soul brain will instruct your physical brain how to carry it out in the flesh. So, divine power through prayer, divine revelations, divine guidance through prayer, 
will give you Holy Spirit guidance. 100% sure. No mistakes. The Holy Spirit does not make any mistakes. When we operate in the flesh, with the soul brain, and so on, and we sidestep the Holy Spirit, then it will not be 100%. You're going to have, this not going to work out, they're going to try this, they're going to try that, and so on. i got to do this or that. This is a matter of life or death. Another example here from my personal life. My wife was ill. She had a virus infection back in 1965. And uh, it didn't get any better. And she had made a promise to her mother that after two years, I'm going to come back. And when the two years came up, we didn't have the money, so I said, you can't go back. So her soul brain simply made her sick, and she got sick and sick. And finally, I said, okay, I'm going to borrow money. I'm going to fly you back to Sweden. So we did, and uh, she got back there. Now, she had been sick for about close to a year, and I was told that she, she's, she's in a dying condition. She had only been in Sweden for about less than five, six days when her dad took her to a uh, medical place where they were experts in uh, lungs because she had a virus in the lungs. And uh, when they x-rayed her, examined her, he said, this woman is healthy as a horse. She's not sick at all. So God supernaturally healed her. But the soul disease that she got. So now, as a matter of fact, I'm going to get my wife back. So, I this is the day before the internet. I couldn't call because it cost about $100 a minute to call to Sweden from here. So I wrote a letter and said, you know, I'm, I'm buying a ticket for you. And I had set a certain date and I said, uh, uh, I want you to fly out that particular date and so on. So I got a letter back from her and she said, no, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Because my sister is sewing a very special dress for me and it will not be finished. I need to come a week later. Well, I was a little bit perturbed. You know, I want her back. You know, she's been gone for about three months or so. So I said, okay, well, whatever. So I rearranged the ticket and got it for a week later. And uh, it was, I think it was a Monday night. It could have been another day, but it was a weeknight that she was the first day she was supposed to come in. So I was out shopping. I was at the store called Safeway out of here in California. And I was standing at the checkout stand. And um, the clerk had a little radio that he was playing there in the background. And suddenly uh, they had an emergency. The radio simply said, this is an emergency. This is an emergency. This was now in Salt Lake City. An airplane has just crashed at Salt Lake City Airport. We need every ambulance. We need all the personnel out there to the airport. And so I realized, as I checked it out, 
that was the airplane my wife was supposed to come on. And God simply, the Holy Spirit told her, no, don't go that day. Go a week later. He used to dress. It was 80 persons on that airplane. 50 died. And the other people had burns and stuff and would, would had, had problems. And I'm looking back and saying, I simply said, God, forgive me for being upset. Thank you that you postpone a flight because you know, Holy Spirit knew that airplane was going to crash. He was not going to have my wife, Ina, on that airplane. And he simply said, we're going to have it rearrange this. This is how my wife and I have lived all these years after we came to Christ. So, where do you get reference from? Where do you get guidance from? As a Christian. So listen closely now. We get guidance from the Bible. You get guidance from Christian friends. You get guidance from Christian education. You get guidance from Christian fellowship. You get guidance from Christian music. And you get guidance from Christian books. I call this guidance, I'm not putting down, I mean, the Bible to me is a centerpiece. But the information you get from the Bible and from friends and education and fellowship, music and books is what I call static information. It is static information. It is neutral. It is not bad. It is good. But there's no timing on it. It's static. What you need is, you need to have good information plus the timing. And the only one that can give you the timing is the Holy Spirit. We read the Bible, we find out, but God said this, and God said that, and we says, okay, I believe that. Now, how does that affect me? What's the timing? When do I apply that? And this is where the Holy Spirit comes in. So, I really want you to understand now the guidance of a believing Christ. Uh, I, I just did a quarter of a page on my outline here. But what I want to do, what I did today was simple this. I'm telling you that you can have guidance from the Holy Spirit all the time, anytime, when you need it. That is crucial. If you get guidance from the Holy Spirit, you will fly first class all the time. First class all the time.
if you simply says, well, I'm, you know, I don't have time to pray. Uh, you know, I, I can make a decision because I, I'm familiar with this product or I know about this or that for the Bible. I know this and that. So I, I'm just going to make a decision myself. What you're doing is that you're shooting yourself in the foot because you can't see in the future. You cannot see into the future. And thus, when you make a decision without the Holy Spirit, you're shooting yourself in the foot by simply taking a chance saying, well, I hope this works, but I'm not sure. If you have all the preparation, you read the Bible, you meditate upon it, you talk to your friends, you read Christian books, you got a lot of information, and now you said, Holy Spirit, what do I do today? I go so far, so for example, now when my wife is gone, she passed away this year, and uh, I have to cook my own food and so on. And I asked God, basically, what shall I eat today? What do you want me to eat today? And the Holy Spirit tells me, well, fix this, fix that, and so on. So I just don't go to the refrigerator, open it up, and says, oh, what have we got in here? No, I said, Holy Spirit, you show me what you want me to eat today. Because it sure tastes better when you... When you get to exactly what he wants you to have that particular day. So, he will guide you. There are times, and you're going to go someplace, and uh, you're a little bit in a hurry, and the Holy Spirit says, be sure to stop by the bathroom. And uh, I don't really have time for that. Be sure to stop by the bathroom. <laughs> I learned this. If the Holy Spirit tells me something, do it. Will you pray for it later? Well, that brings me up here to the closing here uh, today about uh, guidance. So, the Holy Spirit is a must if you want to fly first class. If you want to be in a school of hard knocks, if you want to try this or that and so on and just waste your time and money and effort, go ahead. Don't pray. Ignore the Holy Spirit. He's not going to force himself on you. He's going to say, okay, if that's what you want to do, fine. Don't blame me when things don't work out. So with that, if you want to have the outline, and that is a fun thing. I'm offering you a free outline. Free. F-R-E-E. If you want to have the outline I have here, it's about 15, 20 pages, I'll send it to you, free of charge. But you got to do one thing. you got to lift your little finger, your lazy little finger, and write an email to us or call us at our website, eaec.org. That's a lot of work. EAEC.org. You get on our website. There's a contact page there. You write down and said, I listened to Pastor John Omega Man Radio today. I would like to have a free copy of the outline he's teaching from. And we will send it to you. 
we will even pay the postage for it. Matter of fact, if you want to have it, you can give us your email address and we can email you a copy of it. How much more convenient can we make it for you? It's like, you know, someone says, I need some food. Well, here's some food. I'll st stick it in my mouth. Chew it for me. So anyway, I'm not going to be right anymore unless it's available. Contact us and we will send it to you. Every Sunday, I do a live webcast. Right now, we do a national, international intercessory prayer. So I do two sermons every week. And um, you go to our website, eaac.org, and uh, there is a web page there. So that's a live webcast. Click on that, get to another one, click on that, and you are in. You can today watch from our website what I preached last Sunday. The sermon I did last Sunday will be up until Saturday. And Sunday morning, we wipe it out and put another sermon in. So you can go in any time, any place on, the, on earth, through the internet, to have that sermon. And it's free. F-R-E-E. -E. We don't charge you for that. Now, let's talk about some money now. I want you to get, uh, get give some money here. I want you to go and find Channel Davies' website. He has a donation page there. You, yeah, I think there's about five or six different ways to give money to him. If you think that the program today was worth, ah, let's say, seven bucks, would you go to his website, give me seven dollars, or if you want to give more, you can. Because you're going to spend seven bucks on a breakfast, you're going to do this or that. So, but you might as well, because remember this, Shannon Davis pays for Mega Man Radio. He pays for the timing and the different platforms he's on and so on. And it costs money. Plus, he lives in Indonesia. He has three children and a wife. She's a homemaker. And so he's living on what people simply give him as he's providing a service for the Christian community. So please go and give him some money. That's not free. You give him some money. So be free for him. He will get some money from you. And I'd love you. I, I wish I could talk to you in person if you want to contact us. But remember this. Guidance is available for you. The Holy Spirit loves you. And he is just waiting for you to say, Holy Spirit, what do I do? And he would say to you, I'm glad you asked. Here is what you can do, and it will be successful 100%. Back to you, Shannon. Brother John, that was a powerful testimony today. I enjoyed it. And folks, uh, we'll have this up here in a few minutes. Please share it with a friend. And you can get over to Brother John's website at eaec.org. Can they pick up copies of um, Christian Dynamics if they'd like to order a copy? Yes, uh, I have Christian Dynamics uh, on our website. They can order that. They can also order my biography. Uh, there's a lot of stuff on the website. Folks, it is well done. Go check it out. We love you, brother. Great message today. We'll see you again next time.
You want to have a title? Oh, I actually, uh, I wrote something down. What do you think about this? What do you write? The finest intelligence comes from the Holy Spirit. I like that. You like that? Okay, let's go with it. I like that. (laughs) Okay, sounds good. Thank you, my friend. Love you. Love you too. Bye. Pastor John Terrell. Okay, we're going to take a five-minute break. Coming back here in just a minute, Earthquake Kelly. Let me save this. We'll be right back. 